when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You keep saying legal legends. Legal legends. Legal legal legends. That's the Wait, name of the uh, game. Like, oh, they do. It's it's the the legal, the, the side scroller is a music rhythm game made by the Bit Trip uh people. I guess oh. <laughs> it comes from Did like you a, play it? Uh no, I, you know, at this point I'm I'm a league head now, so I probably should. Um but uh you should play it. A it's a League of Legends story. <laughs> Who has never touched? Wait, have you never and touched never a MOBA? Fuck, and you never. Fuck that I'm game. losing my mind. Fuck that genre. I, I am Fuck saying I game. keep hearing Mobas. legal, like legal seafood, like <laughs> like legal activity versus illegal. We're just saying the name of the game, Rob. Legal Legends. Legal Legends. Okay. Yeah, okay. Legal Legends. Okay. Okay. Yep. What's wrong, Rob? <laughs> Hello, Internet. Welcome to uh, the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Klubik. Uh, we're here to around the, the campfire to talk about legal legends. Legal um, legends. Legal here's legends. My co co host, uh, Kato. Hey, Kato. I love MOBAs. MOBAs are uh-huh, great. Uh-huh. I play many of them. How do you feel about MOBAs, Patrick? I don't like them, but I like the lore. Is. Uh, <laughs> Great. Big legal lore head. <laughs> oh, wa- lore? Wow. <laughs> wow. Jinx. Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah? What about Jinx? She seems cool. She's, man, she's complicated. You know? <laughs> I, this is I mean, is Rob Harley out. Quinn? Uh, no, no, no. No, well, I don't know. I that's the thing. I don't know, Rob. Do you have I don't a Harley know, Quinn? I don't know what the lore is like in the game, but that's no, that is not true in the show Arcane. That would be an oversimplification <laughs> of of their character arc for sure. Um, I don't know anything about League of Leg- League of Legends. Um, <laughs> but despite having uh many. Dear friends, try and get me into something called ARAMs, ARAMs oh, or something like it. that. No. And um, uh, there's like a wild rift out there or something like that. Um, but I have not dabbled. But I've I have played Legends of Runeterra, so I recognize, and I've played a little uh, TF uh, team fight team fight tactics. So I have a little, um, you know. Re- Ability to recognize character, legal legends characters, um, but I don't see, know Kata, anything I, about see, how Kata, they interact I, with I, each other. The reason I can't play these games is because I know I need to stay in my lane, mm. and uh, it's mm. just, my lane is not in a MOBA. Right? Would you it's say your lane, lane is like, yeah? <laughs> God damn it! How to beat me? How to beat me to it? <laughs> Is Rob just pretending we're not already in the podcast? I think so. He hasn't. Like this is Rob. We're here. This is it. It started. This is staying in. It started. I I did the intro. You're good. Uh, Rob's also here. How's it going, Rob? 
Oh, you know, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm happy to be talking about League of Legends. Um, <laughs> Lego know, Legends? I, I thought Legal? Uh, Bobby Donald was was a really strong contender for a while, but the meta did shift and like Harvey Specter was coming on strong and like you get him uh like if you do if you pick Mike Ross from mid um, and then like put put Donna in bot in support, uh you've just got a killer uh legal lineup. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, fuck. The only legal legends there sh- there there should be is the Apex Legends. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I turn it into a visual novel. Like what if the Apex hey, Legends crew The went- IMC shouldn't have been allowed to do any of this. We need to stop playing this like sur- like survival game against each other and start filing a class action lawsuit. <laughs> Uh, Except no, nobody's gonna know what the IMC did because they're, yeah. they're they're not gonna sell Titanfall One anymore. Oh my god, god, that I'm upset about this. I'm like really bummed. I mean, I hope it's for like you know reallocating those resources towards which Titanfall. resources? Isn't that game unplayable? <laughs> it it still god, had servers. It, really... it still had servers live. I, I, th- I think yeah, I think that the... is like a tacit admission that they like look. I guess if people want to be out here playing this, but we're not going to, we're not going to fix it. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I realized it is a haven for, uh, uh, cheaters and <laughs> hackers, but I guess, I guess it's irresponsible to keep making money off of that. <laughs> Tricking people into thinking there's a game to play. Yeah. I mean, why try. you people could really just try play, to. <laughs> you could just play Titanfall two. Yeah. For yes. now. Or Apex uh, Legends. I mean, they did they, in, in that games, statement. They did. They did. There was like a dangling thread of uh, the like that Titanfall was not going away. There's a future. You know, it will never. I sincerely doubt it's Titanfall three. I still cling to our theory that we had before that they will build. It's it's like full circle. Like Apex Legends saved Titanfall's universe so that they can make the single player Apex Legends game that is actually secretly. Titanfall 3. Titanfall 3. If there's that fucking yeah. mechs in it, that's fine. I don't care if they have to change the name, but god damn it. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, who yeah, who cares? Like right. like if you get your <laughs> your at your your accidental Titanfall 3 by telling Apex Legends millions of players, and we're doing, you know, PVE and it's going to be a $60 campaign. Like doesn't that sound great? You know what's the and ultimate mechs. battle pass is this premium product. <laughs> <laughs> oh god well i'm i'm you know is is it didn't they also announce that like the head of respawn is like re <laughs> yes yep so uh, vince sampella's like in charge now of battlefield sort of but like this like it, it seems kind of hard to parse like people left dice and vince sampella now just had uh, Battlefield's like universe ex- like put under his supervision, but like I'm not like it's a reshuffling I can't quite parse yet, and I'm also not sure like is this EA saying like yeah 2042 kind of sucks and like heads are rolling or is this hey the people who fucked up 2042. Uh, have now driven multiple people out of the company, <laughs> and now like we are fixing it by appointing ourselves to these new positions. Well, uh, I, I, I might be uh, incorrect here, but I, in reading about some of the, like the 
not like public postmortems, but people looking back and like some of the folks that worked on 2042. Like it was a lot of like newcomers, especially like on the mm. heads of creative. Like they, Dice has bled a lot of talent. It seems like they lost a bunch of senior people when it sounds like EA or Disney. I don't know who passed on doing like a Battlefront three. Um, so I don't know. It seems like a company in transition, and then this game underperforming, but probably doing okay in the long run. Um, just because it is Battlefield. Uh, but it seems like if you're going to make a shift, now is probably the time. But it's like Respawn seems to be in such a good spot that, you know, it would be a bummer if Respawn, like, took a hit as a... But who, you know, who knows That's what worries me. I don't want you to get distracted. I don't know. Right. Don't get distracted I, from the from the goal here. Yeah. I think the weird thing, though, is like, but Zampella's not really in that sort of direct oversight role with, like, Apex and stuff, right? Like, no. I mean, he's... Like he is sort of a studio director type character, and this has been just more stuff added to his portfolio. I think for me, it's just like I may like maybe it'll work out. It's it's a reshuffling. I don't know where it goes, uh, but also it sort of seems like there just might be to, to your point, Patrick. There might be some issues around dice and like just the like amount of bandwidth they're able to bring to bear on what they've been asked to do with battlefield 2042 yeah stop asking uh, them to make a game every three years because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't like the problems of 2042 yes like everything on triple a everything in video games like it, everything has been impacted by covid right like those are all <laughs> there are like asterisks on everything but like this has happened to dice before and at some point you know Especially if they're not going to ask them to just turn into a service company that like you made the forever battlefield like now you that's just what you do. Uh, Maybe they need more time to make those games. And I think part of bringing Zampella and like I think what are they what was the quote like we want to make like a shared battlefield universe, which I feel like is just a fancy way of saying we're going to make more battlefield games, which is what you used to do and how you got like a game like bad company out of it. Uh and and maybe that's just like what's really happening here is like, hey, Vince is like a pretty smart guy that knows how to make action games and shooter games. Maybe we mm-hmm. should let him think, think, how do we how do we make three Battlefield games in the next 10 years and not just ask Dice to build another big one? Yeah, like barely, barely give it over the, the finish line. I mean, the game still doesn't have voice chat. I like when what? I heard that. I I mean, yes, yeah, some everyone, you know, lots of people use Discord and yeah. Yeah, like there are it's but. Like that being a, a promised feature, like coming in the next month. In a game that, that has bizarre. a four person mode in a like <laughs> that, like I can understand with their, uh, you know, like conquest mode or breakthrough. Yeah, you don't really need. I mean, there are probably some situations where it would help, but I don't need to talk to these fuckers. Uh, but in the four person mode, I, I do need to talk to those fuckers. I need to like we, we need to be like, hey, are we are we heisting? Uh, like, yeah, I, I think that that is that is weird. I, it, I think 2042 is just in such a weird place. Um, and I think Battlefield is in a strange place. I suspect over time, like I suspect over time it will get to par. Um, but I wouldn't say that that is like. A success either i think sometimes there's a narrative of like you know people always had battlefield games at launch and that turns out to be good in the end well they sort of yeah they're good at eventually hitting a certain like experience and quality bar with battlefield but that doesn't necessarily mean like this is an unusually poor battlefield at launch right um and if it works out it will be because people fixed it 
Well, not Battlefront, Battlefront equally was a a complete trash fire when it launched. Now, granted, who know you know that that may have been EA pushing the monetization. You know, the, you know that was at the the height, yeah, uh, the apex, uh, if you will, of mm-hmm. you know the loot the loot box discussion as as that game became sort of like ground zero for you know getting getting rid of that stuff in a lot of mainstream games um, or AAA games. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They, 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 that, that studio just seems in a in a weird place, um, their identity is Battlefield, but uh, I don't, maybe, it, yeah, maybe they maybe need some of the weight taken be. off. Maybe not. Maybe not shouldn't, but like it, they need some of the weight taken off their shoulders. And yeah. it seems it seems a little directionless in terms of what are they doing, why are they doing it. Um, and so maybe 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 someone like Zampella can. Well, can yeah, do it just seems like to me if 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 they're constantly playing catch up to get to like a you know, sort of the the standard of the landscape, that's that standard is going to keep like moving, you know, a foot, a foot, a foot, a mile. Which is the whole point of being a service game is like, what yeah. if we were in perpetual beta? <laughs> well, exactly. I think this is what this is kind of what frustrated me about like 2042 in particular is I actually don't think the series is directionless unless you just looked at what you'd made and were like, well, I don't like that. And then you don't have a vision for for what comes after. I think this is the frustrating thing is like there's a lot of and they're sort of highlighting that there's uh, increased numbers of folks uh, sort of taking leading roles with Battlefield that have Halo experience, that have uh, Call of Duty experience. And that's not to say those are not like games that like do to some extent define the space. But I would argue Battlefield historically has also defined that space. 2042 one of the issues did seem to be that like they wanted to break away from what they were doing with battlefield 5 and then they just didn't figure out what direction that was going to go it's like well we're not making battlefield 5 and then here's the game it's 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 not battlefield 5 uh and then there's the uh like tarkov or like uh dark sector mode that's sort of built into it but also kind of hived off from the experience uh it's 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 such a strange thing it like I think the series, I don't think the series had lost its way until like this one was kind of just driven into a cul-de-sac, but I don't well, think it was on a trajectory. It's like a, a series that was Battle Royale before Battle Royale was a thing, and yet mm-hmm. it, it seems to have been un- unable to capitalize or navigate that space as it exploded in between the last major installments. Oh, wait, when were they about Battle Royale? Well, I just mean they. If Battle Royale is oh, you mean they're in, the equivalent of yeah, right? Yeah, like okay. they, they, their Battlefield's thing has always been shitloads of players yes. in a space yes. at once, and like yes, like Fortnite, PUBG, like defined that into a genre, but like Battlefield was playing in that space right lo- long before, and then I think that's part of their issue is like in building games, you know, three four years apart, you it's very difficult to be. Nimble. I mean, like Fortnite was an accident. You know, it was a. You know, they were they were jumping off something happening in the space, uh, and right. that's that's really difficult to do. The and, way Dice builds their games, right? And even, I mean, Warzone was terrible at launch. It was like virtually unplayable for a while before even like the technical stability was in a place where it was like a, a fun game to play. Um, without getting like dropped out, and it still has constant server dropout issues. Um, a huge cheating problems. I mean, like a, a oh, Apex, like, Apex, enormous. Yeah, Apex was has been like lots of professional players 
uh, have like just qu- have quit Apex because of cheating problems in ranked um, in ranked games. So like all of these all of these games, but I guess the point of it is the core gameplay experience is valuable enough that yeah it keeps the audience there even if like the ranked you know some ranked players drop or or professional players drop off or um whatever at least the like passion for the game itself is still there and the free-to-play stuff helps a lot right look like halo infinite like every day is ah this battle pass is complete it seems to have gotten better and they've been very responsive um but like that's a case in which that game being free to play, the core game being, by all accounts, the best that Halo has been in 15 years, right? Like everyone really likes playing it. Um, and they can all, you know, as much as they they can weather a bad headline because the next day they can be like, and now you're just getting XP up the ass. Like, yeah, who wants more XP? Um, <laughs> and like they're able to weather that storm because the core game works. Cheating yeah. is being becoming an issue on the PC version, but I, they'll be fine. Um, you know, pr- presuming over the next you know two months they are able to massage all that stuff. But you just have a higher floor when you're starting there, as opposed to I think people are just so much quicker, you know, to to turn vile to to spin on a tur- turn on a game when you're paying sixty bucks for it, um, as opposed to the the free to play stuff. In some ways, that gives you an advantage with just how your your relationship with the audience. Yeah, and I guess the the thing I will say as well is the thing that maybe Battlefield does have cutting against it as well. Uh, in addition to the issue of like sometimes the bones are good or not good, but like at this point, there are so many people who have different. Like I really liked when Battlefield was like this, yeah. and so mm-hmm. like at this point, you are trying to speak to so many audiences, and you you tend to be pitching them all the same way, like. You know, this battlefield is really going to, like, get that classic battlefield feeling. And that means something different to every single person who has ever played Battlefield, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I think they kind of, like, the thing I do have a lot of sympathy for is this comes out and suddenly I've never heard so much enthusiasm for Battlefield Five until this game came out. And then I'm, like, playing on servers <laughs> and I'm like, man, good thing they shut down Battlefield Five for this. And I'm like, but I thought people hated battlefield five but now they love it now okay cool and like there's a lot to love there uh it is it is a cool game but i can sort of see how you're going to now just have a higher level of toxicity in the conversation around your game because you keep trying to like play this game of all right it's the battlefield you love except you've made like a million of these games by this point and so most people are like interpreting that one way and then the reality is going to be disappointing. And uh, at launch, that disappointment just curdles immediately into uh, real anger unless the like core game is really, really strong. And this one wasn't last I played like about a week ago. Um, huge patch just dropped. So I, I, I need to get another shot. But like uh, there's just a lot of conceptual level stuff that I, I think is going to take a while to pay off if it ever does. Mm. Patrick, that's all I got. I got nothing else to say about Battlefield, the game that I don't play. You're hosting, <laughs> Patrick. Make oh, the segue. Oh, I, oh um, uh, <laughs> he really caught me off guard. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Uh, I'm so, playing. Kato. 
Oh, that's fine. Okay. Tell us about that to, midnight was, protocol. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Perfect ready segue. To go. Rob, <laughs> uh, just, Rob did that. See, Rob did that just to host. set me up for failure so that he could just take it away from me. <laughs> Fucker. Fine. Go oh. ahead, Kato. All right. Yeah. Midnight You're protocol. now. Um, I've talked about this a little bit before. There was a demo during one of the like summer demo fests, but uh, midnight protocol is a um turn-based hacking tactics game basically uh you it's um one of these it's like fully what's the word i think it's fully diagetic in so far as like you are using your keyboard to type in commands and move around a space uh, a computer screen like there's never anything that is outside of what you would be looking at as a computer screen if you were actually the person that you're playing as you're playing as a uh hacktivist called data who uh was recently doxxed but uh the um what was the, the the like court case against you didn't stick so you get released but you're after the person who docks you you're trying to figure out how someone could get that information when you've been so careful to keep your uh real life identity uh must secrets. be someone you know um well who who could maybe Maybe uh, someone you trust even count as a friend. God, uh, it does feel like that is maybe where this is going. You do have a couple of hacker friends that you get back in touch with uh, now that you're like back in the game. It eases you in with some uh, kind of easy stuff. It's like, yeah, you you've been uh, you've been in holding for too long here, which I guess like you were in jail for a, a while before your trial happened. So you know, um, but sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Essentially, the setup is uh, mechanically you're um, looking at kind of a series of connected nodes uh, that all do kind of different things. Some of them hold data that you can download. Some of them hold money that you can take. Some of them encrypt other nodes, uh, kind of like connected. Um, what's the word? Like a not a mind map, but you know, like when you just like like a red string theory uh, string. Like Charlie from Charlie, from, yeah. Charlie from Pe- all oh, Pepe Charles Sylvia. Like, what, is ta- what is he talking? What is he talking about? <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, the the maps kind of look like that. Um, That's and cool. it, basically you're typing in commands. So um, every time you want to move from one node to another, you have to like you type in that command, and that takes up an action. You have two actions per turn, and then the server ticks, and um, basically each server has like all servers kind of as a standard feature of every server that exists in this universe has a trace protocol that is trying to figure out if someone is, you know, infecting it, uh, if somebody's hacking it. And you have tools that basically amount to programs that lessen the chance that the computer will find you. And each server takes a certain amount of time or certain amount of ticks of this, uh, trace protocol, uh, actually succeeding to before you're tracked. And then you have to, uh, jack out <laughs> really quickly because it starts to drain credits. And there's only one of the things about this game is that it's very difficult to. You can when when you're in a like run when you're in a hack, you can reboot and start from the beginning. But once you've been found, your only option is to hit exit, and then you can't enter that system again. Like, you failed that mission, and if you didn't get any credits from it, you're done. And 
you need credits in order to buy new, better programs. So it's kind of like if you see just before the the trace like actually hits, you want that's like your one chance to be like, okay, never mind. I'm gonna take a mulligan on this on this run, and you can do that. Um, but otherwise, it's it's interesting. Like you um, have to think. So like the the way that the like system that the uh, the the cloak program works. You have seventy five percent chance to not get caught by the trace each turn. Mm-hmm. That requires eight slices of processing. This is what they call it: slices. Um, if you want to run a I'm different program, hungry. you gotta yeah. You <laughs> got two in the morning. I've I've got a hankering for some slices. Three slices. Yeah. Real midnight protocol. Yeah, right. Just like rip open a bag of bugles. My Domino's. <laughs> And they spill over the floor and you clean clean up the cheese <laughs> that has come off the frozen bag. Um, but basically, if you you can use less slices and it works uh, worse, right? It's like it falls down to a fifty four percent chance of protecting you. Mm-hmm. But that's you. Um, but you need slices in order to work other programs. So it becomes a balancing act of like, all right, for this turn, I'm going to leave my cloaking uh, program up at full and I'm just going to move around again in position to then drop my leeching program onto this financial node and then move over here and drop a decrypting program onto this encryption node. And it's like, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where like it feels like the most hack- hacker man I felt in a long time, uh, uh, aside from that one uh, Zachtronics game that was actually writing code. But this is easier. This is like a lot more like, oh, this is a game they've made to make you feel the feeling of uh, like writing code and doing things in a in a networked system. Um, that's been really fun. And there's a lot of um, options about like there's like a lot of optional shit that's just on these servers. Where, like, if you can figure out how to, you know, like, there's all that clock is always running. The, like, chance that the computer is going to find you is always there. So if you can figure out a way to, like, circumvent that or, like, stave that off for long enough, you can, like, for example, I got somebody asked me, like, hey, uh, I may or may not have accidentally uploaded some photos of me being uh, a, a cheating asshole to our family's uh photo <laughs> uh our family's oh, fucking shit. photo server what, what? <laughs> can you hack in the, wait the should... iCloud photo album yeah oh Family. no i shouldn't have put that on plaques <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you sweetie uh, don't look i don't and i don't understand how this works but the way it was like i'll pay you money to go on the on the because i think it's because it's it's gone to the central server right like he needs to get mm. it off the central server, which is like iCloud's servers, right? Like he can't okay. delete them from mm-hmm. there to make sure they don't get synced down to his wife's one. Um, so you can go in there, find the photos, and then leak into straight to her, anyways. <laughs> like the I fleeced this guy. Uh, basically, the way that the 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 interactions work is all through email, um, and you like type out you kind of just smash the keyboard or you can hit tab to like auto complete it but it's like you're typing out back and forth to these people um and i negotiated with this guy in order to get him higher and higher money i got him to like the max amount he would pay me and then he i asked for an advance and he gave me that advance and then i go in i see both his bank account and his wife's bank account in there i could go in and uh steal all his money and uh, took the photos out and sent them to her in an email anyways. 
and it was beautiful yeah, like, <laughs> like the mission is like rules. go in and do like you have like a lot of flexibility and like what you decide to do with like the things people tell you to do right like there's another one where some system admin is like an ex-hacker who's now gone white hat, right? He's working for a company like to protect the company from attacks. And he basically hires you to do some penetration testing. Uh, but this it's like on a back a dummy backup of the of that system that happens to also be connected to the actual system. So if you want, you can like spend some time to like poke around what their live servers are doing and maybe get get into their bank a little bit or like find out some dirt on what the company is doing and leak one of their algorithms to the I mean, to the internet. It's it's really like that's those are some of the neater parts of it. It's just like there's lots of little things that you can do off to the side that are very like just like great narrative options of like oh yeah these interfaces look great too yeah like it looks it looks really neat it's also like really cool to um uh like really easy to read and like all of the it has this um this great um basically one of the things the thing that like you run into that stops you is usually ice uh uh, what is that oh, called? Yeah. Inter- yeah, I mean, I forget what the actual. We all know about black for. guys. We're all hackers here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but they they make it so that you have kind of two options. You can use a, a sniffer program to kind of uh, figure out where the ice is. If there's ice between you and the next node, you can tell it to sniff there. But that program is up for two two turns, and it uses two slices. So you're committing those two slices, and you. If you, there's nothing there, you've basically wasted it, right? Or you can just run into the ice. Usually what that does is pretty bad, but not something that you can, um, that will kill you outright, for example. Like, it's always like, either it's a wall. So I run into the wall, I bounce back, and it'll tick up the trace. So you can kind of play it fast and loose depending on your style. There's like different options for like, okay, actually defeating or deleting ice, um, or just tunneling through ice is one of the other options. Uh, and it's this great, like, if you can think enough moves ahead of, like, I know that I see that this server has a trace of nine. That means, like, if I can, I have not, if you, if you, like, don't play with any stealth programs, you have nine turns to finish it. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of these levels are finishable that way seems fucking harrowing to me which is why i play with stealth programs but like that mm-hmm. that play style is also available which is really neat um and like yeah i think narratively the like amount of stuff that you can catch up, kind of do like i always i was like when i was like explained the earlier thing i was like i wonder if it'll let me do things with these photos once i have them or is it just like i'm going to complete this mission for this dude and it it does right. the thing where like i could either delete them keep them as blackmail or send them to his wife Right. So like it's like always it always seems to think consider things in that way of like you have kind of agency as like a hacker to if you're going to complete the like thing, you just take the money and run or like try to like, yeah, fleece the dude and still expose his infidelity, uh, which I think is really neat that they're playing in that space. And I'm like two hours in and um, they're still. There's a whole hardware system apparently that I haven't unlocked yet where like you can buy different chipsets and like I don't know how long this game is but like I'm already like super invested and so I'm I'm curious to see so how this expands cuz there's already so much to it. This reminds me 
Uh, I think I talked about it a little bit at the time, but like just to, just to re-up it. Um, I think Night School made a phone game based on Mr. Robot. Oh, my God. Where Like a mobile you, game or? It is a... It is a text adventure played in a texting interface. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yes. And I remember like one of the most uncomfortable things, because basically the, the conceit is like you end up with one of the uh, crews. Uh, I think the, the Darlene's actually uh, mm. the sort of leader, the, the sort of co-leader of uh, F Society. You end up with her cell and she's just like, well, you need to like, if you do not like, carry out some shit for us. I will fuck up your life. So it's just easier for you to impersonate me and do some (laughs) hacker shit. Yeah. And so you're basically like doing social engineering shit via text, uh, through like this little Mr. Robot app. And one of the most uncomfortable things is like this thing where you blackmail this dude, uh, who's an engineer at, um, like iron mountain, uh, was like the major facility. They, they hack in the first season Mm. and like, you end up, it's just a deeply uncomfortable sequence as you, and this thing plays out in like realish time. So Mm. like you will be sending this person, like just bomb dropping uh, text at like 11 AM and like you'll have the (laughs) night to think it over uh, at 11 PM. And the next morning, you'll finally be like, yeah. So one of the most uncomfortable things, it was like, you blackmail this guy because he has like some heinous infidelities in his background. Um, Mm. And like he's just pleading with you not to, to fuck up his family, his family, his life, everything. You're like, yeah, just do this thing and, and you won't. And you are asking him to do some like incredibly dangerous shit. And he does it. But at the end of it, he's like, so we're good, right? And like, yeah, we're good. At the end of it, uh, like there's this heel turn where he's like, so now that, uh, you know, we're never going to deal with each other again and you got what you want. I'm just going to tell you. I don't give a shit about you and I don't give a shit about uh, what I did. Uh, I like it. Um, I like the people. That, yeah. Just like I, I like being uh, like living a double life. Uh, <laughs> and I like, I'm supposed to feel bad and I just don't. And I was like, cool. Texting your son and your wife. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like same thing. Yeah, bud? Like, yeah. Yeah, bud? yeah. God, it's very like, funny. What do you that. think? I'm like, what do you think I'm going to do here, buddy? Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, that there, there's only been like one or two of those like kind of social engineering like moments so far, but um, yeah, they've been pretty fun. And even just the like the more kind of bog standard ones where you're trying to avoid hitting too much ice and getting to like a, com- a company's uh, uh, secrets uh, have been have been have been fun. And all, there's always the keep it, it's escalating in a in a fun way where they keep adding like more offshoot like more paths uh that um to like uh follow like a little like mini side story where you're just you know uh op- open sourcing the like a company's algorithm that they were going to use to uh um like I, for- I forget exactly what it was but like it lost them billions Lol, of dollars so it felt GitHub. great <laughs> yeah perfect it's perfect. just like yeah fuck it everyone can fuck use yeah. this now <laughs> You don't have All anything right. special, so yeah, it's really neat. Shit, I got I got to take a look at this. This looks this looks awesome. You just you know pair that with whenever you get around to Michael Mann's black hat, Rob. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is a genius idea. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, admittedly, good chance this game is way better than that movie. 
<laughs> isn't but is I I have uh I feel like I've heard that doesn't that movie have like a mythical director's cut that people claim like it makes it good? I feel like it would need around. to be extreme. Like mind you, he does. Like I think Miami Vice is a movie that he made that like had a mythical director's cut that actually did. Like oh, I get it now. Black Hat has there's there's a lot of things to it. One. Um, ultimately, the main characters of the story are really the, the the main character of the story is a like Chinese cyber cop. But mm-hmm. the movie's kind of like, well, it's got to be about Chris Hemsworth. I was going to say, like, I forgot he's yeah. This is like coming off of like uh, early in Hemsworth's turn as Thor. So got yeah, him. and so you're kind of sitting there being like. I don't even know why this guy is here. Like the, 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 the cyber cop seems to have this on lock and it's like, no, this guy's my, this guy's my roommate. He's the greatest hacker of all time. And here's the other thing. Hemsworth is a fine actor and does have range, but there was no way for him to play this character without it looking like the muscle fatties typing positive messages meme. Uh, like, yeah. Well, he's got to stay. He, part of his issue is like, well, if you're going to play Thor for 15 years, you have to stay in a certain amount of shape as you like film those movies every six months. It's like, yeah. To kind of lim- limit the characters you can you can play elsewhere, right? And so, like, you've got this like fucking bust of Adonis like hunching over a netbook, and I'm like, this yeah. doesn't, this is weird, this is getting weird. Actors <laughs> uh, can look like anything, Rob. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like I think the issue is the you never were convinced that this hacker would have chosen that equipment. Right. Yeah, it, right. It was like you know a Chromebook is all I really need. It's like no. <laughs> no. You're going to break that thing. I'm dead. <laughs> also, the, the believe me, the villain's plot they got to stop in Black Hat is just fucking wild. Just wild. But anyway, uh, that's all for Manhunting next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick, what should we do next? Should we take a break? Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, we take a break. We did some we did some battlefield, we did some hacking. What was we this this pod's gonna be shortened anyway, so I guess we have to do we have to do the pod. we can't do the break an hour and fifteen minutes in and come back for fifteen minutes. So I think <laughs> that makes sense. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Gonna take us out there, buddy? Great, great hosting. That was it. Okay, I did. okay, I did. cool. We're out. That was the break. Up. That was the Thank break. you. All right, cool. Mr. We're back. I, uh, I've, I've been playing <laughs> Solar Ash, the new game uh, yeah. from what's the I forget the developers Heart Machine. The, Heart Machine, yes, they did Hyper Light Drifter, a game I wanted to like. You know, I, I we I think we've all had this moment where this is especially in the era back when like I went to events all the time and was like meeting developers in person. Really like the folks that work on that game. Mm-hmm. Love the look of it. I was at Giant Bomb, I think, when it came out, and so it was like constantly like every new trailer is like we hand put the trailers up on Giant Bomb, like. So that it was like part of like the 
the I guess the, the technical term we would use in for Giant Bomb. I don't know if that's used everywhere else, like the river, which is like where all the content appears on the front right. page. And I just was really excited for that game. And it came out and I was sort of like, eh, on it. I, oh. mm-hmm. I thought it had a great look. I know, I know. Oh. Like it seemed like a game made for me. I didn't dislike it. Definitely, but there are times where like you meet these people, you're in sync with them, you love talking to them, the game looks great, the demo I played was great, and then the full thing comes out and I don't know. I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. that really bummed me out. Like it's really it's like kind of sucks when you have that experience where you're like, I I'm ready to play the game that was made for me. Uh, and and then like halfway through, you're like, ah, I have to reconcile my actual feelings about this thing. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh no! And so, uh, Solar Ash, a game that was I think it was announced like two like as we as we now uh, think of the world, uh, two uh, game awards ago, uh, I believe is where that game was first first shown. Um, Solar Ash is uh, the sh- is the new game from that studio. Um, it, the best way to describe it is to be reductive. And uh, what if you were to mash up Jet Set Radio, a game in which you are like exploring a big landscape, you can grind on things, you are kind of, uh, you literally have booster skates uh, that you can give yourself uh, so you can like quickly move across an environment uh, and also like boost yourself forward um, and do double jumps and all those sorts of things. And then what you're doing is exploring I can get to the premise in a second, but exploring this really trippy, spacey uh, landscape uh, to unlock. Well, you're stabbing a th- you're stabbing these big glowy eyes, which are attached to a monster, mm. and you do enough of those, and then what you do is you trigger an uh, a a kaiju, a mon a monster straight out of Shadow of the Colossus, and then you have to skate over. You have to skate around the environment. To find a way to get onto this creature and then also stab it in the eye several times uh, so you can kill it. All the while, uh, like synth, like 50s, like some sort of strange mashup of like modern sci-fi synth music blazoned with uh, like uh, like the kaiju music from like the 50s uh, and 60s uh, plays. Uh, <laughs> I'm really liking this game. I was pretty uh, mixed on it to, to start, uh, but I like three areas in I I have I find myself really taken by it. The s- setup is something along the lines of uh, you play these characters called Void Runners. Um, they are like able to tap in to some mysterious energy in their planet that gives them special powers. And they've been sent to try and save their planet, which is about to be consumed from by like a black hole sort of thing. And so they're sent to this place where a bunch of void runners were already sent and things went wrong. And you're trying to figure out why things went wrong. And as it turns out, the place you've landed is full of old other societies and civilizations that have been sucked up by this like magic black hole. And so like the different areas you're going to are like you exploring other people who have failed to uh, uh, succumb to this, this fate that, that is now looking like it's descending upon uh, your own civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's just really stylish, extremely fun to move around. There is combat, but it is mostly a game about, walking up to like a vista, seeing a giant space in front of you and realizing, all right, how do I go tackle the three objectives that I need to get to, which are like the three eyeballs I need to stab um, that then unlock the monster you need to fight. And then you move on to, to the next one. Um, And I found the exploration to be really 
satisfying and it's like a joy to get around in the world. Um, uh, I wish there were a couple more mechanics for like moving. Uh, it's like kind of limiting in in that regard uh, because it, you essentially become like the expansiveness of your ability to to navigate the space is like what is what are the things the game's going to give me in in front of me? Like are there grind rails here? Are there is there this black goo that I can climb on? Because um, absent that, you're, you're, you're there's it's like you can roller skate and you can boost and and you can jump. Um, and then there's the added element of a I forget what the actual like proper noun that they give it but it's basically like you can slow down time and you can like use like a grappling hook type thing to get to things a little further in the distance which allows you to sort of like chain attack to an enemy that is a little further away than you'd normally be able to attack them or you know attach yourself to a ledge um and get to a different place but uh I'm actually liking this one quite a bit more than I did uh, Hyper Light Drifter. And I was afraid in the first because the first half an hour, I think, starts pretty slow. And I was like, oh, no, I'm doing it again. <laughs> I spent two years getting hyped for this game off of stylish trailers. And then like the actual movement of it, like in the controller and some slight performance issues on the PS5 were like, oh, no, we're doing this again. A game I'm going to uh, like but not love. But uh, I don't know if I'll love it, but I am definitely really liking uh, solar solar ash so far um which is i think out on on ps5 and and pc um and is quite stylish and, and quite good and like jack ryan radio plus uh shadow of the colossus is a that's a cool combination in my book that sounds cool. i feel like i have i feel like I, it's like kind of gone under my radar for a while like i yeah it's, yes i i agree i had kind of forgotten it was coming out and then <laughs> It quietly got delayed. Like it was mm. just come out in October, I think, and then oh. got pushed back to December. Like a lot, like I mean, like a lot of games, like you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I yeah, there was like a game when I first saw the original trailer. I was like, damn, hell yeah, I want to play that. And then it was like two years later, like Oof. oh right, like Solar Ash is out. But I feel like that's also this year, especially where like a lot of AAA stuff has been shuffled around and yeah. weird in different ways. Uh. There's just been a collision of independent games. I mean, like September was like really brutal where there's just like, you know, it was like Eastward and a shitload of other things seemed like they all came out within a two week span. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Like it's it's probably it's hard to market. You know, how do you get an indie game to break through? It's like, well, yeah, you know, it's challenging, but this it one seems pretty good. I don't know, Rob. You played a strategy game, right? Stra- Rob Strategy Corner. You were very excited. <laughs> Another were very- banger you segue were- from host Patrick Klepek. Well, you know, when you don't have notes in front of you, you have to then realize uh, you as this- you're concluding. You have I- notes. I- look, you took the, the torch. No, open the notes. No, I'm not looking at it. We all you have took the, the notes. The notes. <laughs> you took the talking uh, stick. The no, the what, the, the, the like the Vice News, Vice, the, like the Vice my, new game. I don't look at that shit. You can't look at that document. No, we all have I haven't looked at that it. in my life. Why would I type in it? Right, I'm not gonna do so, it. So yeah, uh, uh, Company of Heroes Three has a multiplayer uh, alpha going. Well, you were week. very, ex- you were very. When you realized you were not, you didn't know you could talk about it, and then you like. It was clear you scrolled through your inbox and saw an email. It was like, oh, shit, I can talk about Company of Heroes. Well, because I played it uh, a week ago, right? It was one of those mm, things where, like, mm. I like I played it before they announced that they were going to have this, like, open alpha thing. And then I was like, well, okay, don't talk about this game that you're really enjoying playing. And so that just goes out of your head because you didn't play it for a week. Um, yeah, so this is the, like... 
the last uh, alpha that they had for Company of Heroes 3 showed off some of the single player campaign. This was showing off the uh, multiplayer and the skirmish. And like, without getting too much into it, in some ways, this is this is very much like what a Company of Heroes game is. Uh, you know, if you're not familiar with the series too much, it's... Um, it's a World War II RTS that's really based around like squad tactics and uh, like using terrain. It's really more about that than like, uh, well, a good point of comparison is Relic also just made Age of Empires 4 this year, right? That's very much a game where it's kind of macro focused, like the stronger economy, uh, taking over more, like more and more map control and like having a pipeline of units is kind of what's going to get you the win there in Age of Empires. Company of Heroes historically has been kind of the opposite of that, where it's much more about if you control your units efficiently, they can have an outsized impact based on uh, compared to the resources they cost. So like if you're really good at working infantry units, they can like do way more damage to like really expensive tanks uh, than you would expect because you are like being like cannier about managing their cooldowns and positioning that's happening across company of heroes company of heroes three is operating sort of in that tradition there are a few like changes they've made to the formula um and i think the for me the the difficult part is i'm not sure they're bad changes they're a little bit unintuitive uh to describe like I would lose y'all so fast if I started breaking down what really separates this from Company of Heroes 2 or 3. <laughs> because, like, just to give you, uh, like, an example, one of the things that, like, the Wehrmacht army can do is you have a choice of three different commanders that you pick. Like, I'll be this kind of commander, this kind of commander, or, like, it's it's a, uh, like... What are my differences? Am I like, I'm a... The fortifications guy, commando (laughs) guy, uh, like Blitzkrieg guy. Those choices Mm -hmm. change the special abilities for every single unit in your army. And so depending on which commander you're playing, uh, like a unit will have just like completely different, uh, like active or passive abilities that change how the unit plays. So like, I think, like I want to say I was playing the like commando type and the basic German armored vehicle. Uh, it's not a tank. It's like a stug assault gun uh, that got a passive ability where if it's sitting stationary, it becomes invisible due to camouflage netting. So it becomes like this like trapdoor spider type thing where it gets like the first attack uh, and it's hard to scout. If you are playing a uh, different commander, a different ability pops up. The Americans do not have this. The like the U.S. Army, you pick each each army sort of achieve each unit achieves veterancy and you pick an ability uh, based on like what now you want this unit's special ability to be. Hmm. And so like this is kind of the stuff you're doing is there are really different ways of creating a build based on which army you're playing. And that can be like, it's cool, but it's not really intuitive and it's kind of hard to describe. It's a system that is way easier to like sort of suss out as you play than it is to say like, here are the differences between these armies. Uh, that's the part I'm still kind of wrapping my my head around. Um, the other big change is probably that traditionally this is a series where... Um, 
really kind of straightforward that you you rather had units in like high cover, low cover, or like no cover. Um, they've added like height uh, differentials, so like if units are shooting down at units in cover, the cover is negated. Um, and they've created really terraced maps so that that will come into play. Not everywhere. It's not like you're constantly trying to parse like what's higher, what's lower ground, but you do have the sense of um, the map having like advantageous and disadvantageous uh, like positions to occupy and it changes up the map control dynamics uh, in a way that was, was, was kind of cool. Like it, it sort of changed the, in previous games, the reason you would fight over a central resource point is because like, I don't know, it was a valuable resource uh, and you just wanted more of that. Now, like in addition to the fact there might be valuable resources up there, it really does become a position where you can kind of dictate map flow uh, in a way that like, if someone doesn't hold that ground, they have to navigate like a more complicated shooting gallery. Um, So it, you know, it's, I think it is, more Company of Heroes, which is cool. I think they've made some things that will be welcome for people who've sort of struggled to get into these games. The, the big one being like that you can pause and give orders uh, so that you you are not constantly like trying to both read the descriptions of what these abilities do and then figure out how to use them. Mm. Um, like, hmm. I, yeah, kind of. Oh, no, no. I was just like surprised that you can, I mean... You know, it's an RTS, real time, but that's yeah, that's nice actually, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a cool thing to do for skirmish mode, um, because that's always been kind of the hurdle is skirmish mode. Like, it's a good place to learn the game, but you still have to like get good enough to you're trying to learn openings and timings, and then right. also you have to figure out like what each of these units do, uh, and that can be a bit tricky if the AI like. If the AI is an easy mode, it's so passive that you don't really like have to figure out how to use any of this. Um, but if you like crank it up, the entire thing turns into a test of how quickly can you go through an opening. Mm. Um, this is kind of cool because, yeah, it will give you a chance to figure out, well, how does this game work? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 welcome. Uh, I am. It's It's one of those things where I think it will help people get over the learning curve. Uh, I think it will make it easier to see why the company of heroes games are cool. Um, I, I am kind of curious whether or not that moves the needle in terms of people who've already decided the company of heroes is not for them. Like, I think again, it comes back to company of heroes three is really interesting because they are trying hard with a way more ambitious campaign to mm-hmm. try and like bring in people who, maybe like total war games, but have fallen off of uh, like real time strategy games. And I think with like the pausable real time stuff and skirmish, they're also again, trying to leave openings for people who are like intimidated by RTS games Mm -hmm. to get back into it. I think that's all cool. But when I'm playing the skirmish with like no, like with no pausability uh, and I'm just like, you know, dealing with a hard AI or something, um, Company of Heroes 3 is still pretty merciless and fast-paced, right? It's still a game where, like, shit can go real wrong real fast, and you have to be able to intuit really quickly, like, how to get your way back in uh, based on, like, what resources you have at hand. Um, so, like... Is it, like... I think it's... Yeah. Is it, like, 
extremely micro focused or more like balanced between you know m- making sure you're hitting hitting your using your resources well but like you don't you can kind of just send things to auto attack once you have a good position no you got it like yeah. it's, it's that's, very the, that's the whole pitch of company of heroes is extreme is like extremely you're gonna point micro. and click yeah yeah, it's a, well, you point and click in a squad, or at least I remember that being the the whole pitch when the first Company of Heroes came out, and we were moving past like you know the uh, the you know the Command and Conquerors and World of Warcrafts of the world, where it's like drag and uh, you know your mouse and c- put a rectangle over sixty units and click over here. And come over here is like, what if you could zoom in on like individual units and click on them and <laughs> hand place guys them. behind the sandbag yes. barrier that you yes. built, which yes. is still like yes. I, I read that article in in computer gaming world. That's what <laughs> that's what I remember about. Well, and, and now world. they have even exaggerated that because like in the past, if you like fired an armored vehicle from behind, you got a damage bonus. Now, if you just get a flank shot on an armored vehicle, you get a it's like. It's like 1.5x damage versus like the attack from the rear being like 3x damage in terms of like how devastating it is. And so like it now is really you can't take your eyes off your good tanks for a second. You mm-hmm. like the minute you deploy one of those, you're just like, OK, nobody, yeah. nobody better fuck with this thing. You got hotkeys um, on there. You got to. Oh, you, that to yeah. Something you, and- but this Bacato, uh-huh. all them units got different hotkeys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they got the different abilities. So, right, like, right. it's a lot to, it's, it, like, it's going to be a lot to internalize. Right, uh, I think right. their, their hope is that they've given you enough ways to sort of gently onboard yourself that eventually you will. Or if you just want to, like, press the buttons with the mouse that you won't be, like, impaired uh, from playing that way. I guess the one thing I will add is, um, so here's the one thing in which they do have you sending units out to just, like, fuck with some shit. Uh, there now every army seems to have different ways to uh, back cap points because in Company of Heroes, mm. it's territory control. If you break contiguous control lines back to their HQ, they don't get resources from the forward positions they occupy. You can cut the supplies. So back capping ends up being a huge part of this game, where like you might be microing units on the front line in a battle. But it does help a lot if you can take your eyes off that for one second and send like a really quickly uh, like a scout unit to one of their like starting positions and start capping it uh, so that while they're focused on the fight, you have quietly just cut them off from all the resources that they control on the map. Uh, And that's a good way to sort of uh, but they're doing it to you. So but there's a lot of like harassment in that way. Mm. But yeah, it's it's cool. Like. I like it. I, I, I love me some Company of Heroes. Uh, and like this is there is a lot to it. And I guess the, the thing I found most encouraging is that in the past, especially Company of Heroes 1, which I, I do tend to agree is like the strongest one. Games can feel kind of deterministic from a certain point. Like it doesn't take long before like you start to feel like, oh, uh, this game is trending away and there are not a lot of ways to like bring it back around mm. mm-hmm. here. It does feel like they've left more ways for you to like, okay, well, if you lost out on like the fuel and ammo are the big ones, uh, the big resources, but manpower is your base resource. If you are kind of stuck on one resource or you have a surplus of one, but like a real lack of, of the third, there are now, it feels like there's more robust ways to, like find a play 
based on those resources rather than just sitting there and being like, well, I guess I'm just fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but again, like you are going to have to discover those. Like it, it will, be, right. it will force you into playing a different way. Yeah. Right. That sounds cool. That sounds compelling and like something I will need to train for years on <laughs> much easier RTSs to ever have the like, I don't even know the game sense to be able to navigate a game like that. I as think a this is RTS player. I, yeah, the, the this is the weird thing. Like, I think RTS games are some RTS games. I think are just not fun if you do not go to that effort. I think like right in a lot of ways, I would say maybe Starcraft was kind of that way. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I like mm. Starcraft, but like I don't <laughs> think it was a lot of fun unless you really internalize like how Starcraft works and. Like they did their best with the campaign, but like you're still playing the base game. Yeah. Um, even if the units are changed around. Uh here, I, I think they're trying hard and I think they're they're broadly succeeding at creating a thing that will like be kind of cool and nifty, even if you are not playing at like pro strats uh level. And okay. so that is that's kind of my hope. And I think there have been a few RTSs that have succeeded in this way. I think um like I, I think the 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 genre has a problem where so much of the conversation ends up being about game balance and like high skill play that what kind of gets lost is that like, you can play it as a fun sandbox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I it w- I would say RTSs are one of the genres of video games that feel the most obtuse and unapproachable as a new player without having like a friend to guide you or just spending a lot of time in like YouTube tutorials and beginner's guides. Well, it's, it's, it's also a, a, a genre in which like at the, you know, the era that I got into it of playing Command and Conquer and World of Warcraft were like, hey, actually, I mean, yes, there's a multiplayer component that like came out of those, but they were primarily like narrative based campaign games yeah. uh, that you, you that you were all, you also just happen to be playing a strategy game. Um, and I, I enjoy, I like, I was super into the command and conquer games and world of Warcraft. And then at some point I fell off them and like Starcraft two was sort of like the end of, Hey, we're going to treat these strategy games as like big budget mainstream, like commercial storytelling. Uh, and I mean, a lot of that, Do you mean you know, Warhammer? Like the, huh? World of Warcraft. No, no, not the, world like, of just Warcraft. No, regular Warcraft. Regular, okay, you before said before the world, world of Warcraft. Yeah, before the. So sorry, Pre- <laughs> I was very I was like, confused. Yeah. My brain was just breaking. I was yeah, like, I, yeah, I did not mean to. Act, yeah, you. I broke your brain, and then your response completely threw me off. I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> um, and then also happens like before, like the 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 rise of games like Dota and like that right. like totally inter- like the, the whole strategy genre gets like scrambled. Um, and they just don't make games like that anymore. Or they're like they're really hardcore focused, like a company of heroes. Like they're there right. really isn't or at least you correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, but like there's not really sort of like the mainstream baby strategy game. It's like I wanna like so, line up the tanks and watch them blow up the base and like uh that's, that's not really sort of, the thing is I think you're wrong, but that's only because like the idea of the RTS has kind of been poisoned in the mainstream mm. like imagination. Like I think 
like mind you, I think the RTSs that succeed in like not being this just tend to not get a lot of love. Like I think, like Patrick, I think you genuinely dig like Homeworld Deserts of Karak, which is a very <laughs> much like had one. I and ready like I love they, to line up the tanks. Yeah, they yeah. all, I, I they lo- all lo- also the have Im- these these fucking names, like the most <laughs> fucking game ass. Oh yeah, names. Well, like but Natalie, that's what happens when you're not allowed to launch a new IP. It's got like. Homeworld is a brand. Well, or is it a homeworld? So homeworld's a space game. Is this a space game? No, <laughs> it's a tanks game. It's like, well, what, how does that work? Well, it's because we're on the deserts of Karak. <laughs> yeah, haven't you always wondered where did the homeworld mothership come from? And I was like, you no, know, I guess I didn't. But I'd be open <laughs> to hearing about it. And they're like, let me tell you. Like it turns out they basically played an entire homeworld game uh, on like Dune. Uh, and it's 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 fucking awesome. Is but the, Dune but the planet? In so many words, basically, <laughs> like it's a desert planet. It's like it's very okay. like it's all sand crawlers and Dune like, is giant. the name of the planet, though. No, no. this is different. <laughs> oh shit! I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Frank Herbert's Dune. Okay. Okay. Right. okay, okay. But the vibe <laughs> of the game is one hundred percent Frank Herbert's Dune. But in Dune, Frank Herbert's Dune is Dune the name of the planet? No, no. the planet's name is Arrakis. Is the worm Dune? <laughs> Who is Dune? Uh, that so damn so. Stay tuned for the Dune two to find out who's Dune. Dune two, <laughs> look who's Dune. You could argue. You could argue the worm is Dune. It's the essence of like the world uh, and the universe. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the great maker of Arrakis. But no, the worm is not Dune. the The okay. worm is the worm. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know anything about Dune. Did you see that uh, Timothy Chalamet? No. Oh, okay. Do I did I see Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> yeah, was he? Yeah. Have I seen him? Have you seen I him had on a class with him at NYU. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I have. <laughs> that so, part, oh, yes. Th- was this back in his uh, Xbox uh, controller YouTube days? I don't know. Uh, no, mm. he had already. I think I don't know. I don't know the timeline <laughs> particularly well. But did you talk to him, been... or he was just like in the room? No, yeah, we chatted. Like about what? What did you talk to Timothy Chamolay about? Oh my god, Machiavelli. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, like the prince or the discourses? Both. It was a class. It was nice. Uh, I can't remember if he was in my. This was a small class. It was like a twelve-person class. Uh, but he was either in my Plato slash Machiavelli class, or he was in my class called Theorizing Impasse, which is about the twenty sixteen presidential presidential election. So one of those Plato cross um, Machiavelli. That's an interesting. I think it was that up. one. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a well. It was a two-part class. class, so you could take. It, it was like two credits. Each one was two credits. So not everyone that did Plato came to Machiavelli. Not everyone that was in Machiavelli came to Plato. But they split the semester in two. So I did both. I think he was in both. I don't remember, but yeah. That rules the life of the life of Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> Always a, bl- a blessed gamer and a you know blessed to be around. <laughs> Actress D- Dune. <laughs> Dune. Very inflected by Machiavelli. Oh, uh, uh, yes? In, in t- oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. Like, the first book of Dune is entirely about like better to be loved or feared. Uh, the wise prince. Like, what is the source of strength of a nation? It's just, it's all Fuck yeah. Maybe I should um, read Dune. Yeah. I, I 
I think it's cool. I think there's things about it that don't. There's things about it, like that whole era. Lot of, lots of things don't age. Uh, yeah, but it's cool. I'm all about those fremen. Just whooping ass. <laughs> are fremen women that are friends? Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so I mean, the thing is, uh, uh, the entire like the the world of Dune, it's all governed by this like this like empire. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. the strength of the empire is really the strength of their military corps, the Imperial Sardaukar troops, who are the greatest troops in the galaxy, and nobody can stand against them. The great mistake that Duke Leto Atreides the first has made is that he's begun to train his troops to a standard that might even exceed the Imperial Sardaukar. And over the long sweep of history, the empire recognizes this will be a destabilizing force. So. Uh. They hand Leto a poison chalice and give him control of the critical desert planet of, planet of Arrakis, which produces the spice Dune. that makes interstellar travel possible, a.k.a. Yeah. Dune. Yeah. But it is a trap. He goes there. He gets murked by the Imperial Sardaukar and his arch rival, House Harkonnen, and his son Paul is cast out into the desert where he encounters. Pardon? Why is his name Paul? Because <laughs> uh, he's just some dude. He's just a, he's like kind of a normie rando. There's a TikTok I need to send you. Natalie, remind me after this recording. That is so Paul goes out that. there. There's only one Paul in the world, and it's the chimpanzee from Jimmy Neutron. Hi, I'm Paul. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul. That's the only Paul I recognize. Okay, wow. so tell me about this false Paul. No, I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> don't spoil the rest of Dune. You just got, you Pauls. just, Rob just took you to the end of the first Dune movie. Don't spoil the rest of Dune for That you. was the end of the first movie? No, no, because I didn't explain who the Fremen are. The Fremen <laughs> are Christ. the, like, the people of the desert uh, on the planet of Arrakis who've been occupied for, you know, centuries at this point. But they're also some of the fiercest fighters in the galaxy and maybe even organically, secretly, are just better troops than the Sardaukar, and they are legion, but the strength has never been realized or tested. They just need someone to awaken and lead them. Like a Paul. <laughs> so this is the third military faction that you've mentioned, correct? Because there was the there They're was not the a military one. yet. There's the big That's one, the there's people. the mini one, and then there's just these Fremen. Yeah. Well, yeah. what is a faction okay. but a set of people, Kato? We're That's a faction. True. We're the waypoint faction uh-huh. of being epic. <laughs> now, the now, thing there's is, there's an RTS we should play. What one could Dune say the movie could, which is the one with all the FMV shit. Yeah, the one with yes. the, all the FMV shit. Because that, that's the one I want. The one with Gimli. That's Dune 2000. Uh, that yeah. one, that that one rules. I love it. Yes. <laughs> also, ironically, uh-huh. Dune is like argued like to be the first real time strategy game. Not the right. book, but the book, the, the game that yeah, pre, Westwood it's Studios and made out of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that brings us what full a, circle. Yeah, yes. this was a relevant, this was a relevant tangent. Uh, and now we're going to, Rob, we're not, we're not going to talk about Sherlock. I'm not going to talk about No Longer Home. We're going to skip to letters because I have one calling out wow. to people on this podcast. Hello, my pointed parasocial <laughs> friends. That's a very <laughs> funny way to start oh a, an email. Long time, first time. <clears throat> this comes from Sam G uh, from Detroit, Michigan. Um, first time, uh, long time, first time. I typically like to keep to the shadows online, but I had to write to express my utter shock and disappointment. Mm. And oh, not God. only Natalie, oh, God. but in our ever trustworthy producer, Kato. Oh, well, what? what could ever have me so shaken, you ask? Well, 
when talking about voice of cards, the Isle Dragon roars. Both Natalie and Kata were sure that the narrator of Mr. Yokotaro's latest super budget game was a rando, cheap, and a relatively unknown voice actor. Mm. This is most definitely not the case. The narrator is, in fact, uh, Todd Habercorn, a voice actor who's been active since 2006 and who is currently most well-known for being the voice of everyone's most lovable rogue in Destiny 2, The Drifter. It's especially distressing to realize this while listening to the podcast because I'm sure in the same episode, <laughs> Robin mentioned how great he'd been doing in Gambit. Also, if I remember correctly, didn't Kato and Gita get a cameo for him thanks to some particularly well-done Destiny raids? Yeah. For shame. Now, to wow. be fair, Habercorn is not in top form as the GM and voice of cards. The yeah, game seems to have made in a very compressed timeline with as tight a budget as Square could get away with, <sighs> giving Yoko Taro. I imagine there wasn't enough budget allocated for the devs to do more than have him get through the script on a tight deadline and hope for the best. Also, having beaten the game myself with both VO options, holy shit, because the whole reason we talked about that game is how it seemed really difficult. Uh, I do not recommend using the Japanese VO or the English VO, because if anything, the Japanese voice actor ends up sounding more bored than Habercorn, and a number of gags do not come across that well when reading the text against the VO. Hmm. In the end... The game is mostly a proof of concept that shows the framework Dikotaro and friends are trying out with Voice of Cards. Cards can get the job done if you want to make something for super cheap. I recommend checking out the demo because the main game is really what's just in that demo, just with enough content to fill out 10 to 20 hours instead of one to two. Thanks for all that you do. Shout outs. Thank you for the (sighs) I am realizing. Kato, you seem uh, particularly... I don't Struck. like. I don't particularly like the Drifter. So what? Like, the what? Just don't. Whoa! Wow! His vibes wow. are his vibes are off to me personally. For me. I mean, no, he's a shitbag, but he's funny. I mean, I don't like him as a person. I'm like him as a character. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, he, we we were <laughs> we. We were in that group that got that uh, fucking cameo. That cameo, from yeah. Him as the drift. I apologize. I well, my I sincerest mean, apologies for dragging. The I, I think we were both speaking to what the voice came off as, not necessarily the voice acting itself, but the way it's written, right, and the way it was directed. And I think that our our opinions can hold there. Like it's, I'm it's sure he did a great job with what like he performers. Was, Performers take the L sometimes right, for right. like just what they had to go out and work with. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's not like, like I don't. I don't I, see. For me, I I do not fault. I guess what what I was what I was trying to say in the last episode when we talked about this, and what I'm usually talking about when I'm talking about this, like this comes this all comes back to direction. It's not on like whenever I see or hear a, a poor performance or something that, it, like Cowboy Bebop, for example. A lot of people are talking about Cowboy Bebop. A lot of people are talking about Ed, uh, the character. Um, like, to me, it is not on the actor when I, like, when something is not landing for me. Most of the time, what it comes back to is poor direction. Um, so. In dragging the voice acting last week or whatever that was, what I was really dragging was the poor direction. Like it was just yeah. like an it. He, you don't do that without you know 
you give a performance and the director's either like, yeah, you got it or nah, that's not it. So honestly, <laughs> like or, that or was so the performance. Even, honestly, I think a lot of it does lie in the script itself being just kind of boring. And like he wasn't the, 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 the like, he wasn't given much to work with either way. Not, not even just in like how he was directed to like, I think it was just kind of like, to me, eh. yeah, to <laughs> me, it sounds, it sounds very rushed because I imagine most of this was done in like a few voice sessions because there's really not much variation between inflection. Like it is like the most monotone performance. It's like extremely one note, Um, which is fine. I do. I like the game. (laughs) I didn't. I don't like the game, but yeah, I did. I just didn't love the voice acting, but thank you for the correction. I, or the, the, uh, you know, clarification, the context, the clarif- yeah. Yeah, yeah, the context. <laughs> so, uh, in keeping with that theme, uh, uh, clarification, context. I forget oh, why great. were we asking about a bullet falling from the sky? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you we're trying to learn about Battlefield 2042 and a skyscraper. Yeah, people were yeah, shooting shoot down, down a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. Onto Rob's head because he was at the bottom of the skyscraper, and I was like, this "Was the bullet?" like be affected by gravity and go faster if it's being shot down um and so that was in the context of battlefield right yeah Yeah. okay all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna click this i'm gonna need everyone to open up this pdf PDF. (laughs) okay uh this comes from gnarled oh uh no uh kendrick uh hey waypoint crew i have good news about the bullet trajectory debate you are all Sort of correct. Kato is correct about the bullet experiencing some acceleration as it travels onto Earth. Rob yeah. is correct that the amount of acceleration experiences would be negligible. Mm. Natalie is correct that Earth is big. <laughs> mm. Yeah, baby. I did the math, which shows oh. the first two points, which I've included, which is just oh, a PDF. This is broken for me, it's by the way. It's broken for me, too. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah it says zero uh, bytes. All right, hold on. Let me Double save check it. The you. Yeah. Uh, and then reattach I want to see it. the. I want to see the math. Show uh, me the math. This. I can't yeah. believe they did the math. Werner Werner Herzog voice. Show me the math. Oh, that one's got bites. So <laughs> I would like to, like to see, to see the math. Um, while you look at that, uh, I'm going to attempt to read this explanation that comes from Kendrick. Understanding that the Earth is big can help explain the acceleration due to Earth's gravity, which is the same for everything on Earth up to five or six kilometers in the Earth's atmosphere. Gravity is a force exerted by everything that is mass. The Earth is so massive that the other forces exerted by anything else is essentially negligible. The gravitational force exerted by the Earth by the Earth on you is... Okay, thank you. There are so many zeros. Thank you for putting in parentheses what that number is. <laughs> One, 100 million times stronger than the force exerted by a fully loaded cargo... Uh, airplane on you that's if the plane is 10 meters away from you if you calculate that force using the distance used for the earth radius of the earth the fourth earth exerts is oh this time there's so many zeros and they didn't include it it's a lot of zeros it's a huge (laughs) amount of zeros time stronger the main takeaway is that if you're calculating the net force an object experiences in free fall only forces present are gravity you can ignore any gravitational force that isn't earth Unless you're doing very specific kinds of physics, okay. which means that in free fall, an object's net force is just the force due to Earth's gravitational pull. Since net force is the main way to determine acceleration of an object, 
parentheses. Newton's second law, <laughs> F equal ma, where m is the mass of the object falling. You can use that together with Newton's law of gravitation. Not going to read that uh, 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 <laughs> a math equation out. And come to the conclusion that the acceleration of an object due to Earth's gravity is the same for every object independent of the falling object's mass. That went on longer than I intended, and I'm not sure how legible it is, because physics, regardless of complexity, can be weird and non-intuitive. Thanks for all the work you do. It's really been nice to listen to you talk about games and stuff for the past three to four years when I started listening. Was that intuitive? No. But you did so much work yeah. that I felt the least I could do it's a little diagram was, attempt to, was, att- was attempt to read it and then share this PDF uh, with everyone uh, that has... I remember uh, the quadratic formula. I don't think we I talked recognize about that. that. That has anything to do with physics. It does. They used it in this math. Did they? Where? One over two times parentheses something t squared minus seven hundred sixty t plus three hundred, where t equals three point three nine three seconds. I don't. That's this not... is the time for the bullet to reach the ground. I think that's the just quadratic... calculating the the velocity of the bullet. The quadratic formula is wait. I knew a song. I had a song. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. Oh yeah, nailed it. All right, last question. Where are you going on this? Uh, Nick writes. Hey Nick. I'm curious. I'm curious about this. What is the proper amount of paper towels for a small, medium, or large spill? They're asking for a lot. I'm gonna say okay. I'm going to say medium, like a medium. So it's, it's like a full glass of water, right? Like it's not all over the place. Depends on the type of towels you got. Depends on the type of towels so, you got. Depends but I'm on just the saying, type when, of glass. How big is that glass well, though? Cause. I guess maybe I should, maybe, maybe the better way to phrase this is like when you got a spill, regardless yeah. of size, right? How many paper towels are you grabbing to start? Cause it's not one. A big spill. No, I'm just saying a spill. Oh, let's just say a spill just in general, like bare minimum. Where are Two. you starting? Bare minimum two, because one, to sop it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. then you're going to need the two to apply water. To to but, are, but are you stacking those together? Is that or are you the doing other, them or? separately? Yeah. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I am <laughs> reckless with my paper towel usage. <laughs> Absolutely reckless. I could do better. I would like to do better because I use so many paper towels so you're pulling uh, like seven and you're realizing like it, most, of it, most of it's seven. dry. This is my chaos, okay? <laughs> I'll pull seven and then I'll take like two off of that and then I'll start <laughs> and then I'll, I'll just pull one for each off of that oh and then God. the leftover <laughs> towels that I have, I'll just leave on the counter for the next spill. And... Yeah, that's my chaos. You that's, see, I, I, I will, I will pull, I will pull too many, um, uh, and I've gotten in the habit of pulling too many because our dog is old and she has a lot of accidents, and so it's just like yeah. In in pee, you want to get fully cleaned up, but um, I will pull too many, and then I'll, I, so I don't put them on the counter. If they're like two, I'll just like <laughs> try and stack them on top of the paper towel <laughs> thing and bend it just slightly so that it's it like is there. It's like I'm, kind my of wife like is a always bonus. annoyed by it. It's like we just throw it out. It's like no, I'm gonna use They're it. Still, like, it's still good. That's yeah. the thing. It's like when you have uh, dogs, animals in general, babies. Yep. Uh, when you're always dealing with like bodily fluid spills, 
I care I cared uh caretaked for my great grandma for a while. You're pulling massive mm-hmm. amounts of paper oh, towels yeah. because you want to put as much barrier between you yeah. and the bodily s- yeah. stuff that's happening yeah. as as you can. <laughs> so you're reckless. I'm reckless. Rob, you've been you've just been staring for a long no. time. I feel I'm like, sure no. Rob has like Rob? fucking like linens that are <laughs> sustainable, and he hand washes and hangs out to dry every morning. And I'm just gonna feel like a piece of shit right now. <laughs> so I keep a like um, a lot uh-huh. of dish towels yeah. in, a, yeah. mm-hmm. in a cabinet mm-hmm. um couple large stacks for spills and such that when i wipe up a mess i can throw it in the laundry and in, we do that as well mm-hmm. we do that um, as well. do you use that for mina's poopies no because mina doesn't like oh, because mina's a perfect animal and of course would never use that <laughs> no, the no, inside no. The house. Wow. i am saying it's been a while since we've had had an accent to clean up with mina uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, sure. I will sometimes like she does the thing where like dog gets excited. She pees a little bit when someone comes home. Yeah. She does that very occasionally when it's been like a long time since she's seen somebody. Yeah. Um, that is a case where I'll be like, I will use a dish towel because this thing has been like used. I've like dried my hands on. I've cleaned dishes. Now I'm ready for it to like go in the wash. So I'll just throw it on the floor with my foot through a slipper. I will use it to mop up. Mm-hmm. And then it was like. You know, it goes into a corner and it'll be thrown in with the next wash. However, there is a, there's a flaw mm-hmm. to this. I don't have enough dish towels for all these purposes. So, yes. like, like it, it doesn't make a full load. If I went through every dish towel I had, I would not have a full load of laundry. Right. And so I end up eventually with no dish towels because I'm like, well, I'm not going to get those dish towels back until I also, like, strip the bedding. But right. I don't want to strip the bedding because then I got to make the bed. Who wants to so do that? So then yeah. I'm thrown back on paper towels. And oh. then I have to, like, you know, do my best. Well, um, you're doing better. You need than some shamwows. Love a shamwow. That shit is so absorbent. I've got like that shit is three, absorbent. And I don't have to, like, wa- uh, like, wash them that often because you just, like, well, it um, depends what the mess is, though, Kato. We've been talking about like animals. Oh no, he's the thing. thing That's is, the difference. When I'm dr- if, if if we get into the the realm of like bodily fluids, I'm just using paper, uh, not paper towels. Okay, but okay. I'm it's using not like bathroom. you have your like cat, cat puke sham this, wow. No. This is my pee sham wow. This no. is my yeah. pee sham wow. Like, <laughs> it okay. lasts weeks before I gotta clean these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I think for every other spill, we use a sham. We we have a sham wow. Uh, we have separate sham miles for floor spills and like tabletop spills, and the guess, the, yeah. the like cat stuff is like oh I'm just gonna go grab some toilet paper, you know that's what that's yeah. for and just toss it into the toilet paper into the mm. toilet anyways. Um, yeah, but yeah, the sham, sham, sham wow is like you can like you just like you've seen you the know, infomercials though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah they're amazing. Out. It's not really. It's like the Trader Joe's brand of the. It's not a sham wow. They're microfiber. But, yeah, yeah, it's like microfiber. microfiber Towels. The thing they're with really microfiber good. towels, though, is sometimes it. I don't feel like they're actually drying; like they're just spreading so, the water look, around. There's different micro, but there's different, different types of microfiber. Yeah. This is the thing. So they're the ones that are meant to. They are not meant to absorb. They are meant essentially to like wick aside, and right. that's what they do. But 
those are often being sold interchangeably with ones that are meant to be like soft and absorbent. And so, yeah, like I have gone through this where I'm like, what the fuck is with these towels? This one, I like moved to LA <laughs> and like I got, I was like, all right, time to kit out this kitchen. Ah, here's a big cheap stack of uh, like microfiber cloths. Yeah. The wrong microfiber. Yeah. So I'm like trying to like do dishes and clean my house with stuff that basically like, I'm sure if I had a bunch of like, TV screens to keep clean, they would have been great. Right. But yeah. instead, They're I'm like, like I need to get this fucking pan clean. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah, right. The, there's the microfiber that you use to clean dust off but the surfaces. But where does it designate like, that? I don't know. But it is. You gotta just know. Yeah. I just, I just know that these are for kitchen and specifically to replace towels because it says it's so on the, on the box. So the I other thing I'm, for I'm me safe. is I feel like. Like using ta- like reusable towels is, uh, like I don't know. I get like as soon as I use a towel, I'm like it's germs, it's germs, it's germs zone. It has germs. So like the concept of like drying, I don't know. Like when you're drying, when I dry dishes, if I need to, I use a drying rack. But if I need, if I have a lot of dishes and I need to dry them, if I'm using like a dish towel, I'm like, it's uh, just clean. No, All it did was remove the clean water. I don't know if it's clean. It's I can't clean. trust it's it. Clean. No, you can. It's you clean. can. However, we do have to run. I get uh, like. I'm so and I are, yeah, we're cutting. We're we we're, were right in with your follow up letters about the sham wow debate. Uh, that, that's gonna. Be, Rob and I have to go do. We have a time sensitive thing we have to go. Oh, do, listen, the three moves ahead this week. I interviewed the developers of Company of Heroes three like last week. It's fun. Check it out. Three moves ahead. Dot net. Uh, okay, uh, it's a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. Rob Waypoint, you follow us at Waypoint on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. Waypoint Vice, uh, which probably also include Twitch in this because we, twi- we we Twitch a lot. We be twitching we uh, twitch at Twitch.tv/slash uh, Waypoint. Um, you can follow me at Patrick Cotto. Where can people follow you? At a underscore Cotto underscore appears. Natalie. At Natalie Watson. Ro- Rob. Rob. You can learn more about Three Moves Ahead uh, just by following us on Twitter at 3MA. Uh, it's me, Rowan Kaiser, Len Hafer, Troy Goodfellow. We have a good old time. Also, this month for the Three Moves Ahead Patreon, we watched Lawrence of Arabia, which is a lot like Dune if Dune were a smarter movie. I was on Three Moves Ahead once, but you weren't there. I made a point not to be. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. All right. Our theme music is bought. Is Bowen. The track is... Miss you off his EP Pale Machine to learn I more about Zone slash Bowen. I was like, no! <laughs> that's, that's it. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, we're not doing Animatrix on Monday. We're doing, it'll be later in, in, in December. So uh, stay tuned for, for that. Uh, until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Man, the overexposure with this webcam, I think I'm the pale machine. (laughs) (laughs) A little too much, Phil, if you ask me. (laughs) The wand machine. Are we the pale machine? Okay, I have time dot is up. My coffee is lukewarm. I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's life. Lukewarm coffee, it'll do the trick. <laughs> Not it very will. fun, but it'll do the trick. No. It's okay. You just need to mix yourself up some gamer fuel. Get that caffeine going. That real caffeine going. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Yesterday's dregs. Oh, God. You take, you take the caffeine, <laughs> you get a little taurine in there, and you're good to go. Oh, uh, yeah. You remember balls? Mm-hmm. I try to forget. <laughs> God, that fucking... What game was that ad for? They had, like, a whole, like campaign that had to do with some video game that I remember the ad copy was grab your balls and run because <laughs> it was like a horror game or something Jesus Christ yep that has to be Saints Row right uh, that would be that feels that right makes sense, but it but makes I too think, much sense no but I think that you know that's tongue in cheek I think this was fully serious <laughs> As much as a fucking balls joke can be fully serious. <laughs> All right. Um, Run like what hell. What is that lawn noise? It, uh, uh, oh, that's, no, your, that's your mom's groundskeepers. Yeah. yeah. She really loves to do this to me. She really loves it. Run and like, I love it too. Run like hell for the PS2. So that was the whole, it was grab your balls and run like hell. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm grabbing my balls and starting this podcast. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Uh, we're on time.is. Let's let's clap at 55. Clap them balls. Fuck. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Clap. Perfect. Is it?